Welcome to the Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find help and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. And that's what all of this is about, is putting yourself first for maybe the first time ever or in a long time. Hey guys, welcome back to Starting Over Stronger, Divorce Survival and Recovery. Today, we are going to be talking with Joe Harrison. Joe is a wellness coach and a registered nurse. She works with people on all facets of their health and wellness. And we are going to be talking today about the divorce diet, or more specifically, maybe some do's and don'ts for taking care of your health and well-being as you divorce. So hello, Joe. How are you doing today? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm very excited to be here. It's kind of a dream of mine to be on a podcast. So <laughs> again, making my dreams come true, Annie. So, I am RN and my passion is making people be the best that they can be. And so when I meet somebody, I like to get to know them and find out what really drives them. Very good. Awesome. Well, you know, um, the divorce diet is kind of generically speaking slang, I guess, for probably not eating enough when you're stressed out and going through a divorce. And so I think it's kind of a common thing that a lot of people deal with that stress being the real culprit, they just don't have as much of an appetite as they normally would. And then on the other side of that coin, there are the people like me who stress eat, so they actually end up eating more. And so either way, you go, you're not really eating to your best benefit at a time when you really need to be. Talk on that just for a minute as far as what your experience is with working with people with regard to stress and nutrition. One of the things that they teach us and taught us in nursing school was that when you are under a lot of stress, your body produces a hormone called cortisol. Mm-hmm. And cortisol when that is produced inside your body and you're not even eating, your body produces sugar from the liver and the glycogen. So it makes its own sugar without any food. So naturally, when you're under a lot of stress, your blood sugar rises. Then once your blood sugar drops again, you're hungry. And so when you're hungry like that, when you're stress eating, you reach for something that has a lot of carbohydrates in it like, you know, chocolate, ice cream, comfort food, right? One of the best ways to combat it and easiest way is to go outside. So being out inside of nature. So I tell my clients that have a lot of anxiety and stress from divorce or for whatever reason in the world, try to go outside for like 15 minutes. And I know that you do this when you go in early in the morning is the best time to do it. You get out early when the sun's just coming up and spend at least 15 minutes outside on your deck or or take a walk. And if there's for some reason that you can't get outside, just, you know, walk around your house, you know, get by a window, by some kind of light. So your cortisol levels will go down naturally by just doing stuff like that. And I know that we kind of talked about that walking exercise and anything like that also helps just get your mind off of what's going on around you. Another way for the stress eaters is to not have the food in the house, the bad food. You can give it away. 
you can throw it away. But the best way is just to have things that you do reach for are actually healthy for you. So a healthy alternative, broccoli, you know, with like ranch dressing, that's always kind of like a really healthy snack. And just have the really good stuff around. Can you think of anything that you like to eat that's real healthy? I'm sure I can. You know, one thing we had at a restaurant was uh, they called it zucchini chips. Oh, yeah. And you just like really thinly slice zucchini and then air fry it and dip it in ranch dressing. And it's pretty amazing. They don't look great, actually. They get really dark and Mm -hmm. you think they're not going to taste good, but they actually are, I think, better than potato chips. And then they still have that crunch to them. Mm -hmm. So people sometimes just like the crunching. So like celery, like you said, zucchini, chips, Mm -hmm. cucumbers, you know, the vegetables are always going to be the best alternative. And then I also liked the berries are like the best fruit to pick from because they have the lowest glycemic index. And berries, because we talked about sugar levels, but berries with cinnamon sprinkled on top of them. Cinnamon helps regulate your sugar levels as well. One of the other things that I think about when I think about stress is uh, we talked about stress eating, the cortisol levels, exercise combats stress, and another thing that combats stress is meditation. And there's a a lot of resources out there now for people that want to learn how to meditate. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, when I get up in the morning and I meditate, I just make the room real quiet. Or I'll put on some soft music, but just kind of try to clear your mind. And once your mind gets clear, it relaxes you, but you're able to think of stuff that you might have forgotten that you need to get done for that day. Well, we'll probably get into each of those things a little bit more, but let's start with, you know, I have talked before about there's a lot of neuroscience that's coming out nowadays that people 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago didn't have the benefit of. What have you studied that you think applies here with regard to just the way our brains work and how stress affects it? Well, that's a really interesting question because neuroscience is one of the topics that I have been studying. And what I have found out is that inside your brain, there's ways to motivate you. And actually, stress and agitation are a motivator, I mean, you don't really think that they are, you know, just normal people, but they kind of get you going in a way. I mean, you do need some stress in your life, but not probably the stress that people are getting from the divorce. That's like extreme stress, just everyday stress, just to keep you motivated. So stress can motivate you. A lot of stress needs to be managed The agitation, stress part of the brain is really close to the pleasure part. Mm -hmm. So I found that kind of interesting. So people are motivated with the hormone called dopamine. And when dopamine is released, what I found interesting is that it's released with small victories. So that you have to know it's not really about the destination, but it's about the journey. So when you're on your divorce journey... All the small successes, you need to have some kind of way that you're going to like think, okay, this was a victory. The victory at the end of it is the bigger victory. During it, there's a lot of small victories that your brain actually releases the feel-good dopamine. 
response so that you should just take a moment and notice that that's actually happening. And then when you do celebrate the small victories, seeing things in a positive way, so you become less stressed. So when you're motivated with positive feedback from positive things that have happened, those things kind of keep going. One of the things that I also have learned that it's giving yourself, when you wake up in the morning, say to yourself, it's going to be a great day, even if you don't believe it. (laughs) So it's kind of like fake it before you make it. Yeah. And you just say it like, it's going to be a great day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you have so much control over that. You know, one of my affirmations is that I get to choose how I feel. And today I'm choosing happiness because I really think there's a lot of power in that. It's not... It's, it is kind of a fake until you make it, but at the same time, it's not really fake because you do have the choice of, you know, your response to the things that happen in your life. You don't necessarily have any power, control over all of the things that happen, but you always have power and control over the way you choose to react or respond to those things. And so that's where our power lies. And one of the things that you'd mentioned with regard to the neuroscience of the brain had to do with breathing Talk about that a little bit, because I'm curious how that would affect. Oh, thank you for reminding me about that. So breathing is when you are under a lot of stress, what you want to do is take two breaths in and then one deep breath out. And that actually relaxes you in any situation. Like I'll tell clients, like if you're in the express lane at the grocery store and there is somebody ahead of you that's paying with a check and you're in a huge hurry and you can just feel the stress like, oh my gosh, I got in the wrong lane. You just take two you know, deep breaths in and then out and it just totally takes your pulse down and your blood pressure down. And you can do that anywhere. anywhere. It's free and it's available to everybody. So breathing exercises, and what's kind of really cool now is your Apple Watch or your Fitbit, but they tell you take a minute and breathe. I I don't know if I'm like holding my breath when it says that, but I think we all forget that breathing is something that we have to do and that it makes such a huge difference. So actually, we also talked just a second ago about cortisol levels and about waking up in the morning, if you find that you're waking up and you're not getting straight up and awake as you want, breathing just like that, like the two deep breaths in and then one long exhale, actually kind of gets you, it starts to wake you up in the morning. That's interesting because it relaxes you when you're stressed, but it kind of does the opposite when you're trying to get energized. Yeah, so what it's doing physiologically is it's getting rid of some of the carbon dioxide that's inside of your body. So we breathe not to get oxygen, but we breathe to let out carbon dioxide. So that was kind of weird. I mean, that's something that I learned in nursing school, too. They also reiterated it when I was listening to a lecture on neuroscience. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I learned that. What I know of neuroscience has to do with just the way that we operate and think, just go about our days. And especially, I think, during the divorce process, there's a lot of emotional overwhelm. And so Mm -hmm. from what I recall of it, I may not know all the right wording, but I think that when you're really emotional, you're operating out of your prefrontal cortex. Did I get that right? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) The frontal lobe. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where all your emotion is. 
I mean, there's a lot of reasons why divorce is emotional, but that's one of them because we're tending to thinking emotionally. And so we need to surround ourselves with people, whether that's divorce attorney or a wellness coach or a divorce coach or whoever, a good friend, whoever that is, we need to be surrounded by people who are going to kind of bring us back to some more logical thinking. And and sometimes the breathing exercises is one way to get there. And, and then just the realization that nothing is ever as bad as it feels like right now. I think that this morning when I was thinking about this podcast, that was one of the things that came to mind was having a support system. Mm -hmm. And women especially are leery to ask somebody for help. And I think that you kind of were too, because when we first met, you were going through this and you didn't say anything. You were trying to do it all on your own, which women try to do that. They want to do it on their own. And so having a good support system, if you don't want to ask a friend, there's so many resources now, like Annie just said, the life coaches, like you are a divorce coach for women, is a, just a great resource just to have somebody on your team or a health coach or somebody that's just a trusted friend, you know, your parents are always a great support system, hopefully your family. I think people need people. And I think that you need to be able to ask for help, which I think women sometimes don't feel like they should. They think they can do it on their own. Yeah. We don't want to bother people with our issues, right? <laughs> So, you know, when you think about the divorce diet, that term, I think what we're really talking about is an unhealthy weight loss. Now, maybe you even need to lose weight, but that is kind of beside the point if the way that you're losing weight is just by not eating or by being so stressed out that you can't eat or that you're making poor eating decisions, whether that's too much or too little. So how do you want to frame that so that people understand that just because you're losing weight doesn't mean you're getting healthier. Well, what I do with my clients is I have a title for them, and it's how to be a kick-ass 100-year-old. And so <laughs> I picked that up on the Internet somewhere. But um, And what it makes me think about is, like, how do I, at a certain age, keep my muscle mass? Because our muscles are what's going to take us into our older years. So your heart's a muscle. I mean, you have to be very, very careful when you start having images of losing weight and thinking that losing weight is healthy, mm -hmm. even in, you know, under stress. Mm -hmm. Because you want to make sure that you maintain a good muscle mass in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, because those propel you, like, what you do in your 20s is how you look when you're 30. Mm -hmm. So if you're in your 20s and you're eating, you know, bad food and you're not exercising, well, luckily that's forgiven because you're 20. So mm -hmm. maybe we pick a different age. So when you're <laughs> maybe in your 40s yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, you know, making poor food choices and not working out, it becomes quite evident once you turn 50. It's just, it's just really harder to then get healthy. Mm -hmm. So you have to work twice as hard 
as somebody else. And, and nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to have to work hard. But you were asking, what if you're going through divorce and you are like not eating right and the stress that you have is causing you to lose more weight than you should, but you're probably not only losing body fat, but you're probably losing muscle. So you have to be really careful. You want to make sure that you have enough protein in your diet because your your muscles need protein. And if your body isn't getting protein, it's going to take it from your muscles. Mm-hmm. And so eventually what happens if you start losing too much and your body says, well, I need protein, I'm going to take it from my muscles, and then those all start to shrivel up. But you have to remember your heart is also a muscle so your heart, it will eventually take the protein from your heart. And that is why people that have anorexia will die of a, of heart disease. So you just have to really be cognizant. This is me, and I'm going through a terrible situation, but my outcome is going to be that I'm going to come out of this being healthier than what I was going in. And if I need to, I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to ask somebody to advise me, what should I do? And I think that it, that was you that you suggested that, well, what about the those protein shakes? And I think that's a great idea. That protein, since we know that when we are hungry, we reach for comfort foods, and those are normally carbohydrates. And we also know that we need protein in our diets just to keep our muscle tone great. So protein shake is an alternative to something that's simple, something that's easy that you can buy and and in a pinch drink that, keep that at home Mm -hmm. instead of maybe some potato chips. Because potato chips, though they might taste good and maybe you burn them because you're burning all these extra calories during your divorce because you're going every which way just to get, you know, the kids and the the appointments and all that done. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the thing is that you just have to really concentrate on food choices because, you know, whether you're overly hungry or under hungry, you have to eat. So, you know, it's easy to hear these ideals of, oh, I got this friend that's doing keto and I've got this other friend that's doing intermittent fasting and, uh, oh, this other friend cooks all their meals on Sunday and they just have something to grab. And then, you know, you just end up feeling like I'm not ever going to do any of those things. So I guess I'm just going to be unhealthy. And so rather than taking that mentality what can you do? You know, if you're not hungry at all, okay, can you eat half of an energy bar or a protein bar? Can you drink a protein shake? Maybe taking in some healthy calories would help with your appetite. And at least, if nothing else, it's putting some nutrition in your body so your brain has something healthy to operate on for that day. It probably, I would imagine, would even help with some of that prefrontal cortex thinking. (laughs) If you're feeding your brain good things, it would probably help with some of your logic that you're needing for the decisions that you make as you go through the divorce. So whether you are able to do, you know, three balanced meals a day or any of these other things that we've just named, do what you can do. Decrease where you can decrease the bad things. Increase where you can increase the good things. What are your thoughts on any tips to help with those kind of food choices as you go throughout the day? Well, yesterday I talked to one of my clients that's going through cancer treatment 
And when you go through something like that, you can compare it to somebody that just doesn't have an appetite, like somebody that's going through a divorce with no appetite. Mm -hmm. So how do I advise that client? I say, well, you don't want to eat too much because, like you said, you don't want to get sick Mm -hmm. because that even makes you less hungry. Mm -hmm. So eat smaller amounts and see what you can choke down. And when you have the support system, like your parents or your best friend, and just confess to them, I am having a difficult time eating and feel like I'm under a lot of stress. And maybe they're social eaters because some people are. So some people, it might be good to say, hey, how about we go grab something to eat together? The stress goes away because you're with somebody else. And I notice it's also a bad time right now for my cancer patient to get together with anybody because of the COVID. And so she really lacks that whole friendship thing. And I can see maybe people that are going through divorce, they're maybe losing some friends that they had, feeling like things aren't going good for them. So I just think, you know, good social life, having people look after you and also going out and getting food, you might eat more. You probably would eat more. And just gravitate to foods that have like a good amount of protein. Say you are at home and your day's been crazy busy and kids been crazy with your kids and all of that. It's always easy just to make a scrambled egg, you know, with some cheese in it. And that's a soft diet. So that's not going to agitate your stomach as much. And you're going to be able to keep it down. And mm. But just know that it's actually feeding your body. I know some people don't like eggs, but I, I always use eggs as an example because they're like a perfect protein. They have all the amino acids in it that you need to feed your cells. So what we're doing here is we're feeding our cells to feed our brain to make better decisions. So the lack of food, I know when I skip meals, I sometimes say like the wrong thing. Actually, my brain's just not functioning like it needs to because your brain needs that glucose. Another thing I just thought of, though, is if you're struggling with having an appetite or whatever, you might actually just need more activity. Yeah, that's and, great. And I bet if you went out and went for a walk or maybe you don't want to do it by yourself. Maybe you want to go with a friend and to a jazzercise class or, you know, maybe you don't even want to do that. Maybe you just want to go out with a friend and have a drink and then go dancing or something, you know. And that kind of activity, I think, would naturally increase your appetite, wouldn't it? Yes. And you're socializing. The stress levels all go down. Well, there you go. You just need to dance more. (laughs) Because what does exercise do? It it causes your body to release dopamine? Uh Endorphins and, yeah, dopamine. Dopamine is released anytime you have a victory. So like the small victories that we have, like getting the walk in in the morning. Well, the walk in the morning not only gets you to release your dopamine and your endorphins, but it also lowers your cortisol, your stress levels. And so when cortisol is low, cortisol produces sugar from something that isn't even there. So it's such a great idea. Outside, 15 minutes in the morning, either with a friend or without a friend, for sure. And then just that interaction with people. Sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. I mean, we all do. Yeah, for sure, especially when you're going through a divorce. 
The dopamine kind of gives a happy feeling, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the, that's oh, the yeah. happy that's the happy drug. <laughs> yeah, some people are really driven by dopamine, and then there's also the chemical in the brain called serotonin, mm-hmm. and serotonin is also a feel good release. I know that I probably am dominated with dopamine because dopamine is things that you do that make you feel good. Well, food that's like comfort food is like one of the things that actually probably help release dopamine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> a bad one. So you want to you want to decide, hey, you want to make a conscious decision. I'm going to feel good by doing healthy things. Mm-hmm. By like you said, the walk, meditation meeting friends, meeting new people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always the idea of getting on a dating site. And I know that you had a podcast on on dating. So just know that you do have to get yourself out there, meet people, and interact with people. Mm-hmm. Because you can't sit at home. By sitting at home, it just it just makes the problem worse, and you just your brain just spirals out of control into the mm-hmm. wrong places. But make sure you don't have any of that bad stuff in your cabinet to grab. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of different ways to avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, really, what we're talking about on all of these things is just the biggest shift that people have to make as they go through divorce, and that's where we started out, where you said women have a hard time asking for help. Women also have a hard time focusing on their own needs. And that's what all of this is about, is putting yourself first for maybe the first time ever or in a long time. And I've heard that. I've heard people say they've come to see me wanting something for themselves finally. They have gone through a divorce and they feel like now they are on their own. And finally, I am getting to do something for me. And I think that's just, like you said, women always put their family and their husbands before them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're the last. And then going through something like that is just, they just don't know how to to start over and how to, like you say, starting over stronger. Mm -hmm. So starting over stronger is a great affirmation in itself. It um, has a very positive connotation like we just talked about earlier you get up in the morning and you say i am enough and i am going to have a great day the words just i am are very powerful and so the more you say it the more you start to believe it Mm -hmm. and it could be that you were in a a relationship that was not feeding that part of you and then you had started to believe that you weren't as great as you are. So you just, you just, now that you are in a situation where you are getting divorced, you just need to start saying to yourself, you know, I am beautiful. I am worthy of the right person to love. Absolutely. As you learn to focus on your own needs, that covers a lot of ground because there's your spiritual life, your physical life, your emotional life, your mental life, your even financial or intellectual. And we can probably even think of more, but just focusing on your own needs starts internally. And so really it starts with that emotional or that mental component where you step away from self-blame. You don't Allow yourself to stay stuck in replaying the past and old 
negative programming from the past, maybe things that your ex said to you that you internalized and came almost something that you believed about yourself. And maybe you're starting to see that maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not who I am at all. And so, you know, you learn how to rewrite those scripts in your mind. And that, I think, is really the foundation or the soil where, you know, we can begin to sow some seeds of good health and the things that would lead toward making good food choices and, you know, making good decisions for yourself spiritually and emotionally and physically on on the whole, because that's the foundation of all of it is what you're telling yourself in your head every day. I, yeah, I think that you put that very well. And, you know, I could see that in you because, you know, when I met you, you were going through your divorce, but you have really blossomed. You actually lived this. You sought after help for somebody to help you with your health and in different avenues that you took. And you, you met with friends regularly and you... um and then you finally, you know, met somebody and you have, even before that, you were your own person. You were like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. You know, I don't want to get into something too quickly. We were working together on that and you were doing a great job there. And now, I mean, you are helping other people because you had had to go through it yourself. And when somebody goes through something like that themselves, they know what it's like. They know that some nights are just really lonely. Then, you know, there's the kids, you know, what are they thinking? But you have to, like, say, you know, I am strong, like you just said, and I am going to make this work because what was happening before this, it was killing you, you know. It was, like, slowly just rotting away at you and the people in the audience that are going through divorce, that, that bad relationship. The toxins that you got from the the relationship that you were in, they festered inside of you. So you have to know that getting rid of all that is not going to be fast and it's not going to be easy. And some days it may creep back and you might start thinking about it again. And you just kind of have to talk it through with somebody or go out and get some exercise. And just know you're going to have those bad days. Yeah. It's, you know, everybody does and nobody's perfect. And you, you got to know that every day is not going to be great. And Annie's doing this podcast so that you do know, you know, you're out there and you're alone and you're going through divorce and, and you want some answers. And, you know, you're going to have to reach out to people to help you. And to help you survive. And, and, and you also need to know that you are going to get through this and you're going to come back better and stronger because of it. Absolutely. And so don't beat yourself up when you have those days of you know, self-blame and, you're, and you feel stuck again and replaying the past. Just recognize that it's okay to have those feelings. You process through them. It's it's like peeling the layers of an onion. You know, you eventually peel away all those layers, but it takes time and it takes a lot of grace, showing yourself grace. But each time just redirecting yourself to instead envision your future and focus on what you want. Think about yourself in one year and in five years or in 10 years. What do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? 
What do you want your life to look like? And then what do you have to do today? You can't do all of that right now, but what can you do today? And if that's picking up a box of protein drinks, then that's what it is, you know? And if it's hiring a divorce coach or a wellness coach, then that's what it is. You just take little steps each day toward the direction of where you want to go and where you want to be. And that's how you get there. And, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about strength. And I told you, I think the other day, I told you I have a tank top that I wear when I work out sometimes that says strong is the new skinny. And it's an encouragement to me because my favorite workout is kickboxing. So I like kicking and punching things. <laughs> and that all started when I was going through my divorce and I needed to kick and punch things. <laughs> and I found a place I could do that. So I love that because obviously at you know, the ripe age of what I am now <laughs> and what all of us probably are listening to this. A lot of us are middle-aged. Being skinny probably isn't in the cards for a lot of us. Some of us, maybe. But being strong is an absolute possibility for everybody. And so who cares what the scale says? Just what are you doing today to get stronger? Well, I totally agree with that because we talked just a few minutes ago. I mean, you told me about that t-shirt and I said, I totally love that because weightlifting or kickboxing or resistant training is the number one exercise that actually will transform your body. And you need those leg muscles, those shoulder muscles, those arm muscles to propel you into adulthood. If you go in, and I have been being in the medical field, go into a nursing home and you see people that are having difficulties maneuvering, Mm -hmm. you have to keep your muscles going and you do that, like Annie said, strong is the new skinny. (laughs) (laughs) So by doing resistant training, you can, you know, kickbox at home. You, I tell people that aren't used to working out, you know, go buy you some three-pound weights. And I know I probably said this to you. (laughs) (laughs) And just like when you're sitting there, you know, and you're you're just vegging out, take those weights and and do your bicep curls and your triceps and and get your arms moving and and do some squats and do some setups because our muscles – are what's important. And muscle is always going to weigh more than fat. So yeah, it's not what the scale says. And I know women always when I when I meet with women, that's their big thing is like, I want to lose, but you don't want to lose your muscles. And so that's why I tell them, you know, what does it mean to be, you know, a kick ass 100 year old? It means that you can bend down, you can go all the way down to the ground and pick up your grandkid, Mm -hmm. right? You have to be able to bend down and pick them up, take your luggage and stick it up into the the luggage thing and and the airplane, you know, when we eventually all start flying again. Because we want to travel. We want to be able to carry our groceries up a flight of stairs, Mm -hmm. you know, without any help. So... I mean, that's what it's all about, just staying strong and coming back stronger. And how do you get stronger? One day at a time. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Joe, for your insight and for your tips to help listeners just to get more in touch with how to 
grasp health and stay healthy and get healthier even as they go through divorce. I like to say you don't have to just go through divorce. You can grow through your divorce. And I, because I think it's so important to grasp that mindset of, yeah, this is the reality and it sucks. This isn't what you plan. Nobody gets married to get divorced. But here's where you are and here's where you want to be. Let's focus on today, tomorrow, and the future and how to get you there. And it is one day at a time. So I thank you all for joining us. I love meeting you guys here every Wednesday to explore these important issues with you. And I would just ask again that if you haven't already, please go and find Starting Over Stronger on Facebook. Follow the page, like the page, rate and review Starting Over Stronger and you can do that also on Instagram at SOS Divorce Coach Annie. And you can also share this with someone that you know that needs this support, somebody who's considering divorce or facing divorce. And as always, you can shoot me an email anytime, Annie at startingoverstronger.com. If you have any questions or if you want to make a recommendation for a topic to cover on a future episode, we will meet you here again next week for more help as you divorce and hope as you are starting over stronger. Stronger.